For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 170 of W Blue Harvest WNBC WNBC. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. That is correct. We're back once again, 170 episodes in. Talk about some goddamn Star Wars. That's our favorite topic, if you didn't know. Yeah, if you haven't noticed. If this is your first show and you're just now joining us, mm-hmm. this is a Star Wars podcast. We talk mostly Star Wars with tangents peppered in. Uh, three and a half years in, that seems to be the consensus of what goes on around here. Race on yours. But before we get to all the sweet talking, we do things a little differently around here. Because, you know, Will's right. Every episode could be someone's first episode of Blue Harvest. We don't sweet talk and then give you the business. No, we give you the business and then we sweet talk. So, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blueharvestpodcast. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at blueharvestpod. We have a Patreon page. We've got... A load of amazing content. A bonus show drops every Monday. And boy, is it a varied, incredible list of bonus material. We play some RPGs. We got a little cooking segment with Will. Got a little solo segment with me. Prequel discussions. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. It's all solo. I love that. (laughs) Did you come up with that? Was that yours? It was. I I take full credit for that. Oh, That's no. It's Hall Solo. There is not a better title for a podcast. And guys, coming very soon, episode two of the, the Star, Star Wars, Wars Year by Podcast. Podcast. With Mr. Steel Saunders. Guys, get those year by year books ready to read along and talk about some Star Wars history. 
It's a lot of fun. And speaking of Mr. Steel Saunders, I want you guys to go do me a favor, okay? I want you to mosey on over to your podcatcher of choice. I want you to find Steel Wars. I want you to download his podcast with one Mr. Darth Maul himself, Ray Park. After it's downloaded, you know what I want you to do? I want you to say, fuck that audio only shit and mosey on over to YouTube and look up the exact same podcast on YouTube in full video. 15 minutes of pure joy. Our buddy Steel hanging out with Ray Park. And I'm not just saying this because Steel is a friend of ours. Jesse and I legitimately had a wonderful time watching it. Laughs, smiles, all across the board. <clears throat> and speaking of Steel Saunders, he's on the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. You know who else is on the Making Star Wars Podcast Network? Us. The, the pinky toenail. The pinky toenail that doesn't grow in like the rest of the pinky toenail. Yeah, it's like at a right angle for some reason. You know what I mean? You like you, it, 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 you ripped it off when you stubbed your toe, and it just ain't been the same since. You're Where sitting that... there looking at your feet. You're like, mm, all my toenails are they're decent toenails. They're not gross, but except for that pinky one that's mm-hmm. all cockeyed and stubbly mm-hmm. and coarse. Mm-hmm. It's got that CGI fungus mite under the, the – you know what I'm talking about? Those commercials where they had like the CGI fungus oh, mic. You know, I those commercials are hard for me to watch because when that dude lifts the toenail like the engine of a like the hood of a car and then dives up in that toenail bed, it would like make it. my skin crawl. I do not it like it. Ma- There's something about it that's horrific. Like it makes me physically uneasy to watch that little that little clip. Well, that's exactly what we are compared to the rest of the amazing shows on the Making Star Wars podcast network. Where the pinky toenail, they're fucking beautiful Instagram models getting messages from dudes being like, French tips. Send me a picture of your feet. Can I see your feet? I love feet. That's what the rest of the Making Star Wars podcast on the network are like. Podcasts like, now this is podcasting, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, The Sith List, Rogue One, Podcast 2187, Tarkin's Top Shelf, First Order Transmissions, and the cargo hold that's pedicure with a calf massage quality <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. podcast some cucumber slices on your eyes some like mm, some soft... cucumber slices in my water mm, mm. i do not like cucumber water oh really mm-hmm. oh i like cucumber water and i like lemon water i like lemon water lemon water i can deal with cucumber water tastes like a cucumber fart to me so you know do okay i've always the smell of a fresh cut cucumber reminds me of a coloring book Freshly cut cucumbers and coloring books smell similar to me. And I don't, I may be the weirdo in the universe, but they do. Really? Yep. I'm going to have to put that to the test. I've never it's made... one of those smells that is ingrained in my brain as a child that I, that right. I can still, if I find one, I'll smell it and it still takes me there. It, it smells like cucumbers. Does, um, here's a question. Are you or maybe of... it's just the brain tumor. Oh, it's not a brain tumor. Don't say, don't give me fucking anxiety. I'm in too goddamn good of a mood. <laughs> Best friend having fucking brain. Don't do that to me, Will Witten. It's brutal. Um, are you one of those it's dudes? like the two Spider-Man memes looking at each other with the jury anxiety <laughs> looking back at you. He's like, hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. That is exactly what uh, 
an anxiety attack is for me. It's two very anxious Spider-Men pointing at each other in the street. Um, are you one of those people that um, cilantro tastes soapy? Uh, no. Okay, me I enjoy neither. the taste of cilantro. Me too. I, see, I can see where it would taste soapy. It has a very floral and vibrantly herbaceous note, you know, flavor-wise. Because right. It's very, it's very chlorophyll-y. It's a very green flavor. Yeah, okay, chlorophyll, more like borophyll. More like borophyll. Mm. Nudie magazine day. Yeah, man. Um, I, it, it, that's something I was just made aware of, not like today, but fairly recently, that there's a certain part of the population, and it has to do with genetics, where uh, cilantro tastes soapy to certain people. I did not realize yeah. it. Genetic, like like the certain people that don't have the gene to curl their tongue, you know, they can't make the tongue, huh? Tongue curls. I'll be damned. So some people have the gene where the earlobe is connected to the base to the skull, and other people have free free earlobe. Some people got the small dick gene. Thanks, mom and dad. Moving along. All right, we got. I didn't some even stuff. know there was a small dick gene. Well, I've been blaming it on that for fucking thirty five years. Okay, maybe 32. Like, I, I didn't come out the womb being like, why did you curse me this way, God? Because when you were born, it was rel- it was relative size. You're like, this is decent. This yeah, is, and it's stayed, stayed the same ever since. <laughs> oh, I hate it when you make fun of yourself, but it was just too much fun to go with oh, everything. Oh, man. I learned from the best. I had great examples for self. Deprecating, Deprecating humor. humor. Yeah, I know, but it it but it's because I'm your best friend and your self esteem is important to me. It eats my shit up when you make fun of yourself. I don't like that. But it, sometimes I could get some good ones in. But when you get a good one, I'm like ha ha ha, ha. That's funny. I got a little more than a ha ha ha. Um, so we got some cool stuff to talk about. Um. We're going to review or and discuss the first episode of Star Wars Resistance. Now, Will and I had the opportunity to watch the first three episodes, but then I realized not everybody has watched all three, so we don't want to like go into any great detail about episode two and three and like ruin it for anybody that hasn't had a chance. But most to everyone's it. had access to episode one, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And here's your spoiler warning alert if... You haven't seen it at all, and you don't want to know what's going on in Star Wars Resistance. This is probably a good time to just... Yeah, and it's not like we're going to be sitting here um, retelling the plot. Shot by shot. Yeah, point for point or anything. But, you know, if you're at all wary of spoilers and you haven't had a chance to see Episode 1, The Recruit, yet, then, yeah. Might not be the best episode for you. Or at least the Resistance discussion portion. Yeah, because give us mm, five, ten minutes, we'll be done. I, um, I've also got a fucking continuing hard-on for The Mandalorian. There's been some developments on that, um, both from that scooper of scoopsters, scoop, scoops, scoops McGee, dude, Jason Ward. Jesse's having to let out the crush to all your pants with the boners you got with the Mandalorian coming in. It. Now, dude, we just talked about it two minutes ago. There ain't letting anything out. Unless I was wearing, like, <laughs> a saran-wrapped diaper. You know, like a, a diaper made out of saran wrap. Then there might be, like, a little wrinkle in the front portion. Anyways. 
enough about my dick. Let's talk about Star Wars. <laughs> it always comes back to that. Was it Freud said? It yeah. always comes back to the dick or lack thereof. See, you always got to take it there. You always got to take it there. <clears throat> I got to laugh about it or I'll just spend every night crying. <laughs> oh. I do that pretty no. much anyway. So No. Moving right along. I'm looking up fucking, Star Wars. fucking trips to Korea for cheap penis enlargement surgery. It's a whole thing. Um, comes with a comes with a pump. <laughs> comes with a po- possible side effect if you wake up and they're like, ah, and there was a complication. You ain't got a dick no more. Oh shit. Okay. Done. Call it a day. No, that's awful. That's awful. All right. <clears throat> Star Wars Resistance. You want to talk about some Star Wars Resistance? I really do. Okay. So we're going to just talk about the first episode, um, The Recruit. It debuted on Sunday, and um, it's fun. Like, I feel like this time around, the trailers and the way they presented it in the lead-up was a fairly accurate representation of what we were going to get in the end and I don't know if I just did a good job of managing my expectations or if the promotional material did a good job of setting me up for what we were in store for but I found it fun I found it enjoyable enjoyable colorful um well paced uh, I thought the humor was about 75% there as far as like stuff I enjoyed you know yeah yeah what did you think in general I agree. I agree with all your points, especially I think humor was 75% there. There's some some sticky physical comedy stuff going on by the lead guy Kazuda or Kaz. Um I waffle back and forth on my feeling about this character, but uh I under, I mean I understand. Yeah. I mean uh, it's simply this. Okay. He is mature enough to be bringing intel back to I'm thinking about it too hard, but, but the introduction is where I'm confused and then the rest picks up. So he's got the intel, he's got to get it back. Poe covers him and, and then he's sent on the spy mission, but like where were they coming from and what was this intel and he's a uh, you know he can he can fly these X wings, but he can't work on speeders. He knows nothing about mechanics or working on speeders. It's like he was this mature, awesome pilot guy, and now he's this kind of immature, whiny Ezra like guy that doesn't really want to know how to fix his care. You know, fix fix stuff like. Mm-hmm. But he, he there's always a moment in the ep, you know in in the episode or every episode. That's redeeming where I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, I get it. He's he's still growing as a character and a person. Yeah, I he think... He makes the right choice. He's a good person. Like, I'm still attached to him. Yeah. You know and what I'm saying? At the end of the day, I, I still think he skews uh, younger as a character. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, am I... Am I... Do you see this too? Am I the only one that feels that way? Yeah. No, I totally see what you're saying. And I think it's a, it's a byproduct of a couple of things. I think it's partially because of the age group that this is targeted at. 
Yeah. And I do think it's trying to, because he's not Poe Dameron's age. I would say he may even be younger than, say, like Luke was in A New Hope. You know? Not by a lot, but by a couple of years. Um, so, and, and I get it. Like you, it's just, <clears throat> you want to get with, with any show, you know, that's, you know, supposed to run multiple episodes, possibly even multiple seasons. You want to give your characters room to grow. You know what I, right. what I mean? Right. And right, right. it could do what was frustrating to me with rebels is it seemed like the growth of Ezra wasn't not, it was present. He definitely grew, but it seemed uneven in the way it happened. Like it seemed like it took a long time for it to show up. And then, and then it was boom there. You know what I mean? He was an adult. Like, right. (laughs) So, you know, um, that's one of the few complaints I have about rebels. I like rebels overall pretty well. Because every in resistance, everyone else's character is established and even not not even killed, but everyone is true to care. Everyone's playing their character on the station. Like this is just life on the station. He's having a hard time adapting. I get it, but he's kind of the fool. Like he's getting joked on and messed around with, and he keeps screwing up. You know, you just feel bad for the. I'm like, oh, when is luck well, going to turn around for this guy? You know you what know? it kind of reminds me of. Um, one of my favorite animes is Full Metal Alchemist, right? Yeah. And it does have a kind <clears throat> of a... It, so, you know, Edward, the Full Metal Alchemist, like one of the the two main characters of the show, is very serious, like very down to, to his job. Like, you know what I'm saying? He's very confident in his abilities, considers himself the best alchemist, but then he also has sort of that childish side too when he freaks out right. when people call him short and stuff. Yeah. So I, I and, and this is also supposedly supposed to be sort of anime inspired, so I can sort of see that, you know? So And again, that's where the physical comedy element is very represented. Mm-hmm. It's from anime as well. You know. A, a very vibrant body language. Yes. Very sort of over the top emoting. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah, um, which I'm totally fine with. I felt like it worked. I feel like seeing the full episode sold me on the animation style more than the trailers did. Being able to sit down and soak it all in. Yeah, I'll say <clears throat> I love how populated the scenes are. That you know, another issue I had with Rebels, which was not Dave Filoni or any of the staff of Rebels' fault. Um, it was more a budget thing. They could never have all that many characters on screen at once. They had a very strict limit, which, you know, during special events, the last episode and things like that, clearly they allowed them to break out of that box a little, but yeah, very diverse crews. Like, well, yeah. And and lots of different aliens. Yes. So many different aliens. Like there were snaggletooths, not just snaggletooths, red and blue snaggletooths. There were, an Ithorian. Yeah, prequel aliens, sequel trilogy aliens, original trilogy aliens. There was a Bosque fighter guy, what, a star yeah. fighter guy, whatever. Yeah, Tranishan. Or Trandoshan, Tranishan. Trando- However the Trandoshan. fuck you say Trandoshan. it. Um, <laughs> uh, my favorite characters in the show, Flix and Orca. The two guys that sell him the parts, they... 
They run oh, the parts yeah. store. Yeah, yeah. So good. And you know who voices them? Orca is Bobby Moynihan. And Bobby Moynihan. Yeah. And Flix is Jim the Rash, guy. the yeah, principal the, from the office, from or community. the dean. The, dean from community. Not the office, community. Correct. Yeah. Those are two cool aliens as well. I really like the stork alien. Like he's really fun. Yes, they're cool aliens. I like, yeah. you know, like I like their sort of personality, their character. Um, I like that there's the threat of the big fish in the mm-hmm, water mm-hmm. that if you fall off they will eat you. Um another cool detail, that X-wing that um Kaz is flying at in the beginning. Yeah. That's a T-85 X-Wing. It's like the current most advanced version of the X-Wing. Like, you know, Luke, Wedge, Red Leader, all those homies in the original trilogy, they fly T-65s. Okay. Uh, Poe, Jess Pava, uh, Snap Wexley, uh, L.O. Atsy, um, they all pilot T-70s. Okay. Okay. And it was, you know, it was a little piece of information in one of the source books, maybe the visual dictionary or something for The Force Awakens that the Republic had more advanced stuff and the Resistance, much like the Rebellion, was working with older technology, right? Yeah. So it was cool to see uh, that new style of X Wing, uh, even for just a little bit. And the color scheme was so rad the blue and like teal. So cool. <clears throat> um, what did you think about Nico? Nico, 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 the green guy. Mm-hmm. I like him. I like I say, I like all the characters. I like him too. I, I know. I like Nico. I like uh, the boss guy. Jeez, uh, the Jaeger. names are Eager. Ye- Eager. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like like him a lot. Like, uh, I like the engineer chick. I just need this guy. I need Kaz to straighten up, learn some shit, you know, go race. Like, you know, I, I, I can totally see what you're saying. You know, we're still early in the the season. I know. If, and I, if I'm, we're rolling I'm around the gun and there's, yeah. he's got to, he's got to, he's got to start with the training wheels, then lose the training wheels. You know, he's got to go through his training montage. It's not just going to happen. Yeah. And, if you know, if we're rolling up on season, you know, episode eighteen, nineteen, somewhere around there, and the storyline still is, you know, Jaeger or Yeager wants uh, Kaz to do this, but Ta- Kaz wants to fuck off and do that. If they're I'll still off with his friends, yeah. If they're still, uh, if that's still going on, then that will get old to me. I, I completely agree, but <clears throat> we're still early. It's a 22 episode season. We've got room to yeah, to no, move I, on and grow up and stuff. So I knew it was going to be cool when these pirates showed up. When the storm showed up. Yes, the uh, and the oh, that's episode two. Oh, I'm sorry, but that is cool. Um, there was a fight, and they, you know, they fought, and I was like, oh, this is <laughs> okay, okay, I get it. Like, I um, get where this is going. What did you think about seeing the pit droid? I thought that was a neat little touch. The pit, pit droid. The pit droid from the Phantom Menace. Um, there's one of them that works with... Oh, oh, oh right, in the shop. Yeah, yes, with Flix and Orca. Shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
that's awesome. I also like uh, the other droid, Bucket, with the helmet. Yes, on. Bucket rules. I love that fucking droid. I don't know why I like him so much, but like he's cranky. There's something about him that's instantly likable. Well, I like um. Yeager says that that droid was already a hundred years old when he bought him. So that's yeah. an old ass droid that's you know pretty beat up. Like he's missing his head dome and stuff. That's why he he's wears missing that. Missing everything. He's yeah. basic, like <clears throat> basic everything. He's like that two thousand and or he's like that nineteen ninety two Nissan Sentra that your cousin's still driving around. That's like fuck it, right. I, it runs. Right. Not your the pos- nineteen. Yeah, you know, but you know what I mean. Not your specific cousin. Nineteen eighty eight Honda Accord that's still bebopping around. You know. Right. Um. So yeah, there's uh there's a lot of cool stuff to be seen. Uh I'm really looking forward to I was a little afraid because from sort of the meet the cast and characters videos we were getting uh they I was a little afraid that they were going to um spend the whole first episode just introducing you to all those pilots oh and we you... haven't even met most of no, them. no that's what i was From about the to pilots s- that i've seen in the mm-hmm. introductory inf- i haven't seen half of them no and one i saw one and that's so rad to me that like slowly but surely we will learn about these guys and the establishment and that you want to make it in the winner's tower mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that's where that's where good life is like okay that's an obvious like, a goal that we want to see him hit like <laughs> um and the crew, we want them to get the good life at some point, you know, in some season. I, I bet you it'll happen this season at some point. They'll make it into that that tower. Um, clearly, it seems like they're trying to get a point across to Kaz that he's not quite catching on. Where, like, he's like, I got to go do my spy stuff. And even BBS. Oh, my God. You're get out of my brain. That's exactly what I was talking about. And even BBS, like, no, man, you got to be a mechanic. Clearly, they're trying to let him know, like, no, just acclimate, blend in. And the, you know, you'll, you'll find the information, but you got to, like, establish yourself first. Right. You know? So they're like, hey, man, chill it with that. I got to go spy shit. And just do what you need to be doing. Like that's how you get there. Uh, it's it, it's causing me anxiety. Like I'm sit. I, I don't know why it is. It's a fictional show, but I'm like, dude, get with the I guess program. it's being the older brother. It's because I had a younger brother. It's younger brother syndrome. <laughs> um, I think um. Uh, my favorite part of the first episode. I don't know. It's kind of hard because I like this the X-Wing stuff at the beginning. I love the Karelian Corvette showing up and Poe being like, this baby was in service from Scarif to Jakku. Um, I like the race. I thought the race against Tora Doza, I believe that's how yeah. you say her name, was really cool and really well done. The ship stuff in that show is really top notch. Right. Um, so I can't wait to see more of that. Um, <clears throat> what did you have any specific parts you thought were really cool? I mean, 
now that you asked me that, I'm blanking on it. But all of it was cool. Like I was, I enjoyed every second of it. You know, I enjoyed how the story went, how it unfolded, how we met all the characters. Music was good. You know, it it, it was all just really good. I was impressed. More so, I mean, I, I like you said, like I had set my expectations, and this had exceeded my expectations pleasantly. So, and I for sure, and I was uh, impressed. Yeah, I you know. The I one, see the potential here. The one thing that bums me out, and this is no knock against the show, is they put up three episodes over the weekend. I watched all three of those episodes. Now for the next two weeks, I got no new episodes to watch. Yeah. You You're going to watch those three episodes probably like four, five, six more times. I think I've already watched the first one at least three times. I know for a fact I did because Saturday morning slash Sunday evening, real late, like 3 or 4 a.m. I'm up playing video games. Someone alerts me on Twitter, hey, Resistance is up on the Disney app already. So I fucking pop on my iPad and check, see it's there. I text Jason and be like, dude, Resistance is up. And then I watched the first episode at like 4 in the morning. So the next day after I'd actually gotten some sleep and stuff, I went back and watched it again and the preceding two episodes. And then I watched the first episode again today just to refresh for when we talk about it tonight. And I, that's that's pretty good for me, man. Like I, I feel like if it's enjoyable enough to get me to watch that first episode that many times, then it's a hit in my book. I hope it does yeah. well, you know, and, and we get to see the story continue and grow. What did you think about the the tiny bit of First Order stuff we got there at the end of the episode? Oh, dude, I dug it. Mm-hmm. Dug it. Totally mm-hmm. dug it. Um, like, I didn't understand. Like, again, I'm going to come back. Where were they coming from? Why was the badass ace pilot chasing them? Like, oh, uh, yeah. Okay, I, so this is, from what I understand, Kaz and his um, New Republic buddies went off to pick up that that intel, right, that Kaz had. Yeah. And then on their way to meet with Poe Dameron, we, they got intercepted by that ace pilot in the red TIE uh, fighter. Okay. So he got word that they had the intel and he intercepted them. Okay. And the intel was, I guess, about the First Order's plan for a major attack on the New Republic, which I am assuming is supposed to be Starkiller Base blowing up the Hosnian Prime system, right? Or the Hosnian system. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he that's the intel he gives to to Poe, who then takes that to General Organa. <clears throat> so do you have any um suspiciones about who might be uh the first order contact on the the station? I mean You know, and the most heartbreaking it could be would be Yeager. See, I've I mean, I've seen people speculate that maybe it is him, and I agree that would be a bummer because I really that would like be his the character. most emotionally powerful. Um, it's also, um, I think it might be Tora Doza's dad, who we haven't okay, met yet. Yeah. We. We just briefly saw him when they look at that sort of winner's tower or wherever the ace pilots get to hang out. You see him looking out the window 
And then they mention um, when he selects to race against her, they're like, oh, her dad runs the whole ship or runs the whole station. Runs the Colossus. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Of course, there's a very dark side pilot guy in there that I'm sure will will be a red herring. Yes, the the um, the guy that Stephen Stanton um, voices, and he's ex he's an ex Tie Fighter pilot. I can't remember what his name is because we didn't get to see him in the show yet. Yeah, <clears throat> but yeah, you know, I'm sure that'll be once. I can almost guarantee you there's going to be an episode where Kaz finds out that he's ex-Empire, used to be a TIE fighter pilot, and then thinks he's working I've for the I've got to go spy on him. Yeah, yeah, I bet you for sure that happens. <coughs> um, but yeah, that's pretty much my feelings on um, Star Wars Resistance. I'm excited to see where it goes. I dig the Me animation too. style. Um, Dug I'm, every single episode and yeah, can't wait for the next one. Um, you want to talk a little bit about the Mandalorian? Yes. So our good buddy Jason has been hitting the scoops, getting the set pictures, getting chased by security, fucking LaFleur's faster than Walt Flanagan's dog, going after our buddy Jason. But they didn't stop him. He's been posting set pictures. He's gotten pictures of some aliens onset or unalien onset looks kind of like um i don't know the species of the alien because it's a new it's a it's a sequel trilogy alien but it's it's one of the aliens that's on canto bite so it's that species he's also posted a couple of other things that for some people might slide into the slightly spoiler territory so we're not really going to cover it um it's nothing huge. It's not like you would see this and be like, you spoiled the whole show for me. But it's one of those things where I think we're approaching that line of, okay, guys, like you're getting into stuff I don't want to hear about. Um, we'll decide what we're going to do with that a little later. Um, as the weeks go on and stuff, we may have like a, a semi-spoiler section at the end. I'm not going to be interested in digging in and figuring out entire plots of episodes or anything, but, you know, slight little spoilers here and there I'm not uh, opposed to. But I ain't looking for major stuff, so. Um, but yeah, they, um, they're still going at it with filming, and it looks like there could be some really cool stuff headed our way. And uh, boy, am I excited. And then today, John Favreau himself, he starts teasing us with some pictures on Instagram. And I gotta say, Johnny Favs, I'm a fan of how you're approaching this show. Like, you're taking a sort of Ryan Johnson approach. Give us little tidbits here and there. You know what I mean? Don't keep us completely in the dark. J.J. Abrahams, what are you doing to me, buddy? What are you doing? Like... You gave us one kick-ass picture from episode 9, then it's fucking media blackout? Can't do that to us. Give us a little teaser here. A little taste, a little something. Mm. Uh, the first thing he posted today uh, calls back to one of my favorite 
little pieces of Star Wars goofery, ephemera. I don't know um, exactly how to describe it. Will, you know who Will Rowe Hood is, right? Uh, I've heard the name. I feel like I should know. Okay. So, in Empire Strikes Back, when they're evacuating Cloud City, in the background, there's a gentleman who runs through. He's wearing like an orange jumpsuit. He's got a ball-in mustache. And it looks like he's carrying an ice cream maker. Like he's hauling ass. And, you know, in the preceding years since Empire Strikes Back, people have really latched onto that, figured out the exact make and model of the ice cream maker. Now, you know, every time there's a Star Wars celebration, they have what's called the running of the Wilrow Hoods, where a bunch of people dressed up as Wilrow Hood with ice cream makers get together in this big group, fucking run through uh, Star Wars Celebration going, ice cream, ice cream. It's really funny. It's one of those goofy, off-the-wall celebrations of Star Wars fandom that I just, I think it's great. I love it. Well, I'll be damned. John Favreau posted a picture of what looks like Will Rowe Hood's ice cream maker on Instagram today. Oh, my God. Right? Um. It, it looks like it, but it also looks like it's been teched up and made to look a little more Star Wars. Because from what I understand, the ice cream maker in Empire Strikes Back was just a straight up plain ice cream maker. They handed it to him and they were like, go run through the scene. <coughs> but obviously I'm not saying, hey, guys, let's get excited. Will Rowe Hood is going to be in The Mandalorian. I think it's just a nice little <laughs> call out. And I don't even think right. it's going to be heavily featured. It'll be in the background and people will be like, oh, check it out. Looks like that ice cream maker. There's not going to be a whole episode. The Mandalorian isn't going to be fucking seeking out the galaxy's best ice cream maker and, and its proprietor, Will Rowe Hood. You know what I mean? Yeah. What if like it's a portable safe or something? It's It's so weird and so sort of you know, deep Star Wars fandom goofery that when I saw the picture on Instagram, I was like, I can't believe, am I seeing this? You were like, well, fiddle dee dee. Well, fiddle me dee. (laughs) Well, fiddle me dee. I'll fiddle you. Oh, Hawes. Don't mind if you do, my dude. (laughs) Anyways, um, and that wasn't Uh, it. Then he posted a picture a little later. Do you remember last week when we were, um, I'm going to brag on myself a little bit. Not something I do all that often, but every now and then, somehow I fucking get something. I I nail something. Sometimes I put fertilizer on my balls. (laughs) So, um. So um, I I drew a blank on what I was going to say. I hit a pop. Oh, so, you know, last week we were talking about that first picture of the Mandalorian. Yes. And, you know, I mentioned the Star Wars 1313 costume connection. And I also said that the rifle on his back, the butt of the rifle, appeared to be very inspired by the gun that Boba used in the holiday special. Yes. Well, well, well. 
John Favreau posted a picture of that very gun today, and guess what it is, guys? It is a fucking live-action version of that gun that Boba Fett used in the holiday special. And it looks so cool. And you knew it. You knew it all along. Somehow, my friend, I knew it. Every dog has his day. Every rose has its thorn. Every night has its dawn. Um, but yeah, it's cool to see that represented in sort of live action form. Because I, I'll, it's another one of those things, that gun in the holiday special that I, I feel people feel is a little goofy and sort of rag on sometimes. And I get why. It looks like a cattle prod. Like, it's not necessarily a cool looking gun in the holiday special. But when they fucking tech it up, make it look cool, put some feelies on that thing. Damn, it looks cool, man. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the opposite of me. Whatever. Um, And, of course, it's laying on the prototypical Star Wars crates that you see all over Star Wars. I guess that's like the Star Wars version of those rubber-made plastic containers, you know what I'm talking about? The thing I have like a billion of Black Series in my storage room right now. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, like, that's all I need, John Favreau. Just little tastes here and there. Like, I'm not asking you to be like, okay, guys, so in episode one, the Mandalorian gets in a fist fight with a Weequay, and then he shoots a dude. You know what I mean? Like, just give me little pieces. You wanna, You know what I want to see next? Let me see what the Mandalorian ship looks like. If he's got a ship, I assume he's a Star Wars character. He'll have a ship or access to a ship. You don't think they'll save that for you? Nah, I think we got to... Well, I guess it depends. I guess it depends if they're going to build the sort of exterior of his ship, like they would say for the Falcon. I don't think it'll be that big, obviously. This is on a a budget. Um, Or if that'll be a completely CG element. If it's completely CG, then I imagine... Um, we won't see it for a little while at least, but it looks cool. Yeah. The gun. Um, indeed it does. It looks fresh to death. It looks huge too. It looks mm-hmm. like six foot long. Yeah. It's hard to tell, you know, obviously I don't think it's going to be a full six feet long because that'd be probably as damn as almost as tall as the actor using it, you know? Yeah. But it's definitely longer than your typical... I may be exaggerating. Yeah, I could see it maybe being um the length of sort of like one of those rifles that the um, Tusken Raiders shoot the pod racers with. Yes. In um, the, Empire, or the, the Phantom Menace, you know? I thought those were slug throwers. <laughs> yeah, well... Whatever they may be, those weapons, which are pretty pretty long as well. <clears throat> but yeah, man, little little updatey updatey from the Mandalorian, keeping keeping the hype going. Um, we have 
a lot of voicemails and emails this week. You guys came through again. You're so awesome. So what we're going to do is we're going to cut the general discussion right here and move on to emails and voicemails because I know you guys are going to bring the fire and, and just spark all kinds of more discussions. So let's... uh. Let's hit them with some music. WNBC. Kia D. Kia D. Kia D. Cockhead. The only Jedi master who can crash box. Kia D. Cockhead. Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kia D. Cockhead. To stroke his cone and suck on his balls, Kitty Cockhead. What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead. Ruhar. Cockhead. Hansberger. Cockhead. Will Witt. Cockhead. Goose Paint. Cockhead. G Money. Cockhead. King Tom. Cockhead. Joe. All right, first up, we've got our buddy King Tom coming in like a champ. What's not coming in like a champ is my fucking voicemail playing abilities. Uh oh. All jacked up on Diet Coke and fucking Mandalorian hype. Here we go. Hey, Hawes and Will. It's King Tom. So I'm still very excited about the Mandalorian, even though we don't know when we're getting it. And all the news that are, that's coming out is getting more interesting and more interesting. The one thing that I wish we knew more about that we don't is, is casting, who's going to be in it. And I know that making Star Wars has had some speculation about it. And even the, the names they're throwing around, I really like. But I'm wondering, is there anyone who you would like to see as part of the Mandalorian cast that may or may not be involved with Star Wars uh, currently or other you know Star Wars properties I and I've been I've been given this some thought and I can think of two people just off the top of my head <laughs> you know surprise surprise they're both lost related Ugh. but I would love to see Michael Emerson who played Ben mm. I think he's a great actor and he's versatile and emotional and threatening and I think he'd be good in a Star Wars anything but the other person that that I I I think would be great in something like this, you know, that's out in the, the Wild West of Star Wars and, and features different parties vying for power. Um, Yunjin Kim, I think that's how you say her name. She's the actress who played Sun. And she Lost never really was about her character, but she just brought so much to her performance, I felt. She could either be you know, the heroic type, but she was also real badass, and she could be very threatening, and I'm thinking back to the later seasons when either she was seeking revenge against Ben, or when she turned the tables on her father, she was just, uh, you know, she her character turned around, and I think that either being a rebel or a total outlaw, I, I think that's something I'd like to see in Star Wars. But then again, I, I, I would say bring over 95% of the cast of Lost, except for Pickett and Kate's mom and, and that asshole security <laughs> guy, Phil. 
Anyway, are there an, is there anyone you guys would like to see as part of the Mandalorian cast? Anyway, Ooh. thanks for the great podcast. I will talk with you guys later. What you got, Will? What you got for us? Someone you'd like to see uh, in, as part of the Mandalorian cast? From Lost? From anywhere, not necessarily Lost. King Tom just knew who he was playing playing to his audience with me, bringing up them them lost characters. Well, uh, we, we let's do one lost one and then a regular one. Okay, go for a lost one. The lost one, Sawyer. Okay, the, Josh the guy Holloway. That does, yeah. Okay. He would be sick mm-hmm. in fucking Mandalorian. <clears throat> who else would you um, like to see? Who else? You know what? Uh, what is it? I know it won't happen, but the guy that plays Drax Batista, Dave Batista, Dave Batista would be cool. That would be cool for sure. Um, so I'm limited to only one lost character. I luck out because King Tom took Michael Emerson, who would be one of my choices. He is an amazing actor. He is amazing as Ben and Lost. Um, so that would definitely have been one of my choices. I'm going to go with one of my tried and trues, John Locke himself, Terry O'Quinn. And give it to me. That would be good. In The Mandalorian. He's so good in Lost. He was really good in that show castle rock he's not in it a ton but when he is it's electrifying Mm, so good um non lost actor now that is that is an interesting call or or a tougher call for me because my brain just keeps going to lost actors hmm desmond desmond would be great too I mean, really, there's not all that many lost characters that I wouldn't be stoked. Mr. Echo would be so cool in a Star Wars role. Um, Charlie. Em, em, Emily, Emile de Ravine. How do you say her name? She'd be. I would be down with her. We're already getting Charlie in Episode Nine. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, um who else would I like to see? Like I'm I'm looking around my house for other ephemera. Oh, okay. You know, I, I wouldn't necessarily want to see him in a, a full role. Like an as in out of makeup. I would want him to be either an alien or the voice of an alien or maybe even droid. It could be funny if he is the voice of a droid. John Benjamin. Bob from Bob's Burgers. Oh, hell yes. That would be awesome. Oh, hell yes. <laughs> I would be like, oh, and plus that uh, would, Jesse would be so stoked. She'd be like, that's Bob. Well, that guy. That's Bob. Yeah. All right. There we go. Excellent question, King Tom. I wish I was, I knew actors and actresses a little better. Um, oh. I, I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. Shuri from the Black Panther. 
I'd love to see her in Star Wars. She's going to be busy for a little while, I think, though. I think she's um, really sort of made her mark in the Marvel Universe is going to be a, a big part of their stuff coming up. So I, I'm not, I don't see that happening, but she, it would be cool to see her in Star Wars or in The Mandalorian. Indeed. All right. Um, this one is from our buddy, Rural Farm Boy, calling in again. I do, Oz, and Will. It's Rural Farm Boy again. Just finished your episode 169. Good fun show. Yeah. So the Mandalorian. Steady, Oz. Steady. Uh, Mando's, for this farm boy, not particularly one of my faves, but it's going to be another new Star Wars story, which I'm all about. And then there'll be Resistance, which, as I'm speaking to you now, this is Monday, two days after I listened to your show on Saturday, this past. And Resistance, I love it. I love it. I can't pick a favorite character just yet. Well, how do you pick just one? I ain't one for ranking. I love them all. Same <laughs> as I love all the other Star Wars stories. And another thing to note, that not particularly Star Wars related, Hawes was on his bitty tangent that I heard about wanting to have pet raccoon. Uh... No, I don't want to disappoint you, Oz. Oh, friend. no. Oh, no. Here we go. But here we go. Tad bit of advice from this here farm boy. When I was a kid, my mom, stepdad, got hold of a bitty little baby girl raccoon that we had kept indoors. And she was a great lot of fun for about four or five years. And as she got bigger, probably in her fifth year, she did not end up be quite so friendly that stepdad had to go let her out. So, I don't know how you want to take that, Hawes, but because I don't want to disappoint you, and if you go and do it and get one, that'd be well and good, but I don't want to see you get let down because Mother Nature program them to be the way they are they start out cute and cuddly when they're little and when they grow up they are the mother of nature makes them to be all right fellas farm boys got to get to work see you boys on the radio oh, that man. was a good that was a good one oh, that was no. a good you just, Good voicemail. You just love it when anybody crushes Dude, my... when someone puts a hitch in your giddy-up about animal animal husbandry of, of your ever-loving nature. I ain't trying to husband no animals. I ain't... I mean, if you try, if you like, I try to put a ring on it and any animals. I'm just trying to have a pet record. Oh. You want to hug and squeeze anything with fur. <laughs> Dude, let me tell you. This is going to get a, a bit of a tangent going, and this is not a fun tangent, okay? This was a major bummer for me. 
Okay. And I want to preface preface this by saying this story involves me petting a serval. Do you know what a serval is, Will? Yeah, it's like a it's, it's an a, ex- it's an exotic cat. It's native yeah, to it's like Africa. It's a big cat. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a cat that will eat your face off. Right. I got to pet one of those last weekend. And I'm still bummed. So you know it's major if I'm bummed out after getting to pet a serval, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, Jesse had last Sunday off, and we've been seeing the billboards for the state fair for the last month or so. I've never been to a state fair, so we decided to go on Sunday. It was out at the Oak Mountain um, Amphitheater. Amphitheater. So we go out, we pay our money, we get in, checking rides out, checking games out. Actually turned out to be a pretty lame fair. I was looking to play some carnival games. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Their selection. Ring toss. Throw throw the ball in the milk. Yeah. Their selection of carnival games, weak. Right? Not, Give me a goldfish that's going to die tomorrow. Uh, I wouldn't try to win a goldfish anyway. Um, rides looked like your typical fair rides. They were ass backwards busy. So I was like, I don't care to ride any of these death traps. I went to Disney back in May. Why do I need to put my life in this guy, this guy's hands? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Why do I want to ride something that folds up and then rides <laughs> over a bumpy interstate all the time? Like, yeah, that seems like the pinnacle of safety. So when we first get there, I see that they have a petting zoo. So petting animals sounds right up my alley. But I'm also not all the way a dummy. So I was like, I don't know. I bet you that's going to be kind of sad if I go in there. Right? But we And so we go through. We have some fair food. We just check things out. Have a good time. We're just out on a nice day. It's not super hot, super sunny. You know what I mean? Just having a good time on our day off. And then we decide, "Ah, let's go check out the petting zoo. So we go in, and the very first animal we see is a serval cat. Now, he is not full-grown, but he is already, I would say, twice the the size of our biggest cat, right? Yeah. And, buddy, I'm not lying when I say this cat was super friendly. As soon as he saw that Jesse and I were stoked to see him, because... You can imagine what my reaction was, right? Yeah. And I put my hand in the cage, and he came over and was rubbing all over it, loving it, like, you know, just like a, a typical cat, but it's an exotic serval. I'm loving on him. He's having a blast. I'm having a blast. And then, after that wears off, and, like, there's a line building up because I will not move on. I'm yeah. holding up the line. We start scoping out the rest of the situation as far as the petting zoo goes. And dude, it is depressing. None of the animals seem stoked. They all seem overheated, stressed out. You know what I mean? And it immediately bummed me out. Bummed me so bummed me out so hard. We did, you know, the whole circle, checked them out, and like as soon as I noticed sort of the conditions they were in and how they seemed to be, uh, like their um, demeanor seemed to be and stuff, I was like, this is fucked up. I want to leave. And I'm not talking about, le- it bummed me out so bad, we left the fair completely. 
I was like, I, wow. I don't want to be here. And then for the rest of the night, I could not stop thinking about that serval. And I was like, how much do you think, I kept asking Jesse, how much do you think they would have made me pay them to rescue that serval from them? Oh, probably five to <laughs> $10,000. See, maybe, but servals are, are, are a breed of cat that you can pretty easily get as a pet. Yeah, but if you know that you want that one, that doubles right. or triples the price. Right. I, I know what you're saying, for sure. But, like, Jesse's like, well, he seemed out of all, well, he, the goats seemed pretty, pretty chill and stoked. You know what I mean? They're just doing their goat thing. And there was one uh, miniature pig that also seemed pretty cool. Like, he wasn't stressed out. But everything else, camels, llamas, um, uh, cows and cattle of different types, chickens, ducks, all seemed bummed out. Um, and she was like, well, he seemed like he was pretty good. They probably take pretty good care of him. He's actually probably like one of their pets. I was like, I don't know, man. It bums Look, me out. those animals live on the road. You know, know, like the horse trailer, the trailer yeah. that the horses are in. It's a bummer. That's what those animals live in. And if they're not in that, they're where you see them. They're set out for people to pet on them. I'm sure there's an off season. I'm sure they get a break. Well, let's Those animals go. would die if they don't have somewhere to well, roam. I have two questions for you. Yeah. If I came to you, like I just showed up at your doorstep, and I was like, hey, man, I snuck into the state fair and stole a, a serval, and I had to get out of state. Can I lay low at your place? For a couple of days. Would you let me lay low or would you turn me in? With the fucking serval? I didn't think about that part. M maybe the serval, maybe not. Maybe I leave the serval with Jesse. <laughs> you know, like, because I, I don't want to be like, can I bring this exotic cat into your home and also lay low from the cops? Take, take me and my big ass. Killer cat, please. <laughs> Dude, I I, th I don't think you realize how like a, I I mean a serval could kill someone, but Dude, it's the same thing as the raccoon. It would be awesome until it hit maturity, until breeding instincts kicked in and territoriality, all those pack hunting instincts and it, it not being in that environment for them to execute those things, it would just be acting out like it would be a whirlwind of awful cat you would just pray to god that your cat was in a good mood you would live in fear of the fucking serval yeah but i would give the, that serval would have a much better life with me than it would with a bunch of fucking carnies going from town to town and putting it in a cage to be pet petted you on would see people. a great reduction in your quality of life people that people that own exotic animals don't have lives outside of owning exotic animals because they take so much time and attention. Okay, change the subject all you want. Would you sell me out to the cops, or would you let me lay low for a couple of weeks? With the serval? Without the serval. Without the serval, you could lay low all you wanted to. I would not turn you into okay. the cops. With the serval, I still wouldn't turn you into the cops, but I, 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 I would have to chain link up a corner of the house or something. I don't know. Which is, I'll just stay in your spare bedroom, just me and the serval, hang out, bond for a couple of days. 
Then oh once, god! And I'm not saying. Oh god! That's I'm, a crime scene waiting to happen, buddy. That's, you're, a, that's you me don't... locked up. They'll be like, "How did you? How did you get the cat to eat the whole body?" And I'll be like, "I didn't. I don't like, think they were just in there together and it I devoured you, him." I think you need to look up a serval and realize that, like, they are exotic. They're bigger than a regular house cat, but this is not lion size. This is not even jaguar or cheetah sized cat, full oh, grown. I know. And I this know. Was it's a, like Link size. Yeah, like, it's, it's like Bobcat size. Bobcat like. size. And, bro, if that thing got that violent with me, I'd just get the fuck out of there. Like, I know you think I'm a weakling in a chair, but I. You're weakling? I, I know get how the fuck, strong. I could get the, the fuck the, away from a, a, a teenage serval that was pissed off at me. And that is how strong the strong the, 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 the jaw and the sharp teeth of a, a, a predatory cat like that are. And how they'll go for your neck if they really... Anyways, what if I showed up at your house and I was like, Will, listen, buddy. Giant cat scratch on your face, bandage no, over it. No, 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 not that. <laughs> I'm like, hey, you know that state fair I went to? Yeah. They're in uh, Mississippi. Yeah. I need you to help me with something. What are you going to do? Uh, Tonight after they close... Yeah. I've paid a security guard to leave a gate open for me. Okay. And I'm going to sneak in and I'm going to steal that serval. All I need you to do is help me carry the cage to my car and load it up. And then okay. I'll be on my merry way. I'm going to go to Birmingham with my new pet serval. Okay. Are you in? Yeah, yeah, I'm in. I'll help you do the dirty deeds. I knew you would. I knew you had my back. I knew it. We'll keep a package of raw chicken legs. Will's right. You know what's funny that you say that? Uh, That's what they eat. I follow a couple of people that have servals on Instagram. One of them actually has two, one named Tarkin and one named Vader. And once a week, they do get raw chicken legs. Yeah, like, like to sticks. crunch the bone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, we got a email from Utah Dougie. Halls and Will. First off, shout out to your creepy. I enjoy the show, and I hope they keep up the good work. I will pass that word along. <clears throat> okay. What was it that made Obi-Wan and Yoda say they could not interfere with Luke and Vader in Episode Five? As we learned from The Last Jedi... Yoda is powerful as fuck and could have helped out. It makes me wonder how much of a physical presence a Jedi can be after becoming one with the Force. How much can we hope Luke to do in Episode Nine? I, for one, was a little let, let, let down when we didn't see Luke wielding the green. Thanks again, Utah Dougie. Um, I think any of us Luke fans were a little let down when he didn't ignite the green. I mean, technically, he did ignite the green. It was technically just, he did. He did in the it flashback. Was, it was just not in the manner we were looking for. In the flash, he did. He um, really did. So, you know, as far as uh, Yoda and Obi Wan telling Luke they can't interfere, maybe they're saying that because Luke isn't hasn't completed his training. You know what I mean? Because at that point, he's leaving before finishing his training with uh, Yoda on Dagobah. 
and um, maybe he knows Yoda's terminal, like Yoda's. Well, I mean, they're both ghosts by then, right? Wait, is he talking about Empire? Yeah, no, Yoda is. Yoda's still alive, so he couldn't do Force Ghost shenanigans either. So at that point, you're only wondering about Obi Wan. Um, maybe the fact that Yoda can call down lightning in The Last Jedi has to do with a couple things. Could it be because Octu is so in tune with the Force and is so, um, you know, like such a Force-centric location that he's more powerful in his ghost form? He can. I, I think he could call in lightning on any planet that has an atmosphere that could produce light. I think he... The force is a is an is nature. The force is nature, and lightning is a natural phenomenon. I think his use of right. it to conduct but a point. You could kind of I, you could kind of see where he's he's coming from, saying like, well, why didn't why didn't Yoda just show up on Endor while Vader was on Endor and strike that motherfucker with lightning? Story yeah. over, right? Could it be that, it, you know, I kind of think maybe it is has something to do with um, Octu well, being such a place in tune with the Force? Or could it be that it's been 30 years since Return of the Jedi, and over that 30 years, Yoda's only become more intertwined with the Force, more one with the force in his force ghost form and can do that kind of shit now. I don't well, know. It was, all, it was also an interaction that was used to teach a lesson. Mm-hmm. It was used in beneficence and learning. It wasn't an interaction with the physical plane that was used in attack. Right. Right. Never attack. Always um, defense. Now, what can we realistically expect Luke to do in episode nine? I would say... It's probably best that if we we approach episode nine in a more realistic fashion, expecting him to do as much as we've seen Force Ghosts do in the past. You know, showing up, com- communicating with someone, passing on lessons. Cryptic statement, knowledge, yeah. quest, given. Yeah, any of that stuff. Um. I think if you go in with those expectations, you'll be fine. And you could even be surprised at what they do do. If you go in thinking Luke is going to manifest as a force ghost, whip out the the green lightsaber, get in a badass lightsaber battle, do all kinds of crazy force power stuff, call lightning down from the sky, then you're probably going to be disappointed. Um, but, you know... In one of the original drafts of Return of the Jedi, and we've talked about this before, <clears throat> um, Obi-Wan and Yoda were able to sort of materialize as Force ghosts and aid Luke in his fight against the Emperor and Vader. It's never something they actually did, but it was a concept that was at least being toyed around with in earlier Return of the Jedi drafts, right? So... You know, <clears throat> just like the Boba Fett thirteen thirteen armor, sometimes those concepts and designs and things come back around. So I guess it is a possibility. I just wouldn't want anybody to go into the movie expecting that and be disappointed. 
That's basically what I would say. I I would totally agree. All right. Next up, we've got an email from our buddy Brad H. Hey, boys. It's been a long time. I hope you and yours are well, and massive congrats on your Patreon. Thanks, buddy. I didn't have much to talk about today, but there seems to be a massive influx, influx of Star Wars news online. So much so that when I click on the link, the source most cited is Mike fucking Zero. I mean, these are the most real, real, ridiculous theories I've ever heard. How can anyone report this shit? Sources with knowledge close to Mike Zero claim that Luke will turn into Yoda and impregnate Yaddle, resulting in Yuke. No, that's not actually a quote, but damn, it's close enough to some of the nonsense that it could be his. Anywho, just a rant. Happy fucking Friday, Brad H. Happy fucking Friday to you too, buddy. Um, I don't get the Mike Zero thing either, man. And a lot of times you have to look at the person or site that is regurgitating Mike Zero news and realize that they're doing it solely for the benefit of Star Wars clicks. Star Wars news and and things of that nature get a lot of traffic online. And these websites are not around for the love of the Star Wars game. They're around as a business, you know? Um, whether Some... this be your screen rants or your comicbook.coms or whatever the fuck, you know? There's, you know, a, a certain segment, uh, Telegraph, you know, things like that. These, these sites that will post any, not just Star Wars, will post any rumor or um, speculation that might get them some clicks, you know? Some people... Some people crave validation through the acquisition of attention, regardless of any means necessary, whether the information is factual or not, at, you know, at no regard for their own credibility, just to get your attention for the briefest of moments. Right. Um, and what's disappointing, it's not always sort of these you know, more bullshitty sites that do it, Sometimes, like, I consider IGN a fairly reputable source for pop culture and video game stuff, right? Well, and they, in their defense, they haven't done it in a while, that I've seen at least. But back in the lead-up to The Last Jedi, they had at least a couple of stories that cited Mike Zero bullshit. So, um, that's disappointing. When you it see a probably high-level Star Wars haters <clears throat> that just don't give a shit. Yeah, I mean that. There's that too. You know, there's there's a. I'm sure there's a a, a percentage of it's that's people that are just tired of reporting on Star Wars. They don't give a shit about Star Wars. You know, they work for a staff on a website. They're like, hey, you know, uh, the Star Wars information. We, we haven't. You know, percentage-wise, this is what a, a normal Star Wars post does. Revenue, blah, blah, blah. We need a Star Wars story. So what do they do? They go to YouTube, see what they can find. They come across Mike Zero. He's spouting off some bullshit. They're like, whatever, we'll just run it. You know what I mean? Yep. So, 
I know. I think I know specifically what he's talking about. I think, uh, what was it this week? It was some bullshit where I've seen a couple spoiler teasers in my news feed that I haven't talked to you about. Yeah, and I don't think it's anything substantial. It's probably all from bullshit sources. I think the one this week that people were talking about and sort of making fun of was a story about Kylo Ren goes into some temple or facility on uh, a jungle planet and he sees a hologram of the Emperor and the Emperor has a message for Kylo Ren or for someone, maybe not specifically Kylo Ren. Um. That's the one I, I believe I saw sort of circulating this week. Um, you know what was funny? What? <laughs> so during the Last Jedi era, like leading up to that, Mike Zero had this story about how Luke Skywalker was going to destroy a Star Destroyer. Right? And he has his usual fucking clickbaity thumbnail for the YouTube video and it's you know it looks like a screen cap or concept art from the um, the Force Unleashed with a poorly photoshopped uh, Luke Skywalker in it, right? Oh no! So now we're in the Episode Nine era, right? Yeah. And he recently ran a, a video. Force Ghost Luke Skywalker destroys a Star Destroyer, and it's. Damn near the same goofy thumbnail with just a couple of changes. So, like, he's recycling, he's at the point now where he's recycling old bullshit as new bullshit. It's like that kid in class that kept trying to talk to you about the same thing. And you'd be like, Yeah, okay, dude. Uh, to be fair, that was me in class, and it was Star Wars that I was trying hey, you to You know, it'd be cool if Luke Skywalker blew up a, uh, a Star Destroyer. <laughs> Hey, hey, dude, hey, have I talked to you about this? You know what would be cool? If Luke Skywalker blew up a Star Destroyer. What if it was Ghost Luke Skywalker? All right, we've got an email from our buddy Dave. We've got this one and one more after it. Dave has to say, salutations, laser brains. Fully expecting not to be a big fan of Star Wars Resistance. I've been ha- really happy with it so far. I was able to find enjoyment with both Rebels and Clone Wars, but I thought that the shows simultaneously wanted to have serious stakes and themes, yet also be silly and childish at times. I always struggled with that balance. I find that Resistance is aimed at a younger audience, but tonally is more consistent. The themes match the stakes, match the style, match the dialogue. I don't think uh, that I'm the target market, but it's almost easier to enjoy with my kids knowing that I'm not the one that's trying to impress. So far, so good. But I'm really writing this week to talk about the holidays. I'm not a religious guy, but I still enjoy tradition and ceremony. I find myself replacing traditional holiday stuff with Star Wars, specifically at Christmas and Halloween. Many of our decorations are Star Wars related, like ornaments, stockings, nutcrackers, etc. I've got plans for a Star Wars nativity scene. As the season is rolling around, we're getting into it again, and it got me thinking, how does Star Wars or pop culture in general play into your holidays? And though it makes for crappy podcasting, I'm attaching links to my last few years of Star Wars pumpkin carvings. I'll update you with whatever I come up with for 2018. (coughs) Why don't you start with that, buddy, and I'll get these pictures pulled up, because I am Uh down to look at some Star Wars holiday, uh, some pumpkin carvings. 
I was born in 1985, so I grew up at the end of the 80s and the early 90s. My Christmases are nothing but pop culture references, okay? Like, the, the TV specials are ritualistic. How the Grinch Stole Christmas, uh, the Christmas Story, You'll Shoot Your Eye Out. Uh, you know, all of the, all of the crucial stuff, you know, we ritualistically watch that. That's part of every season. Um, um, look at this first then, pumpkin I pulled up. He didn't Star just, Wars. Oh, wow. He didn't just carve BB-8 into a pumpkin. That's he made a pumpkin look like BB-8. Yeah, it's two different pumpkins stacked on each other, like a bigger and yeah. a smaller one. Holy shit, that is really well done. That's next yeah. level pumpkin carving right there. Yeah, that is it. <clears throat> um Damn. damn this dude good. has got some pumpkin carving talent. We're looking now. He's got the scene from Empire in the carbon freezing chamber, um, where Luke and Vader first fight, expertly carved out in a pumpkin. God damn. impressive see what the next one is the next one is anakin on dude does he come up i wonder if he comes up with these designs himself or does he get like star wars pumpkin stencils or youtube videos either way like i don't think i could pull that off with a stencil he may pick a picture and stencil it you could you could pull it off with a stencil see what he did for 2017 God damn it! It's Ray and Finn, um, Ray and Kylo fighting on Star Killer Base. I, hey, Dave, buddy, or is that Dave? Right? Did I get that right? I didn't just call him by the wrong name, did I? Oh, thick. Yes, Dave. Um, hey, Dave, do you mind when you hear this, buddy? Let me know if you mind if I post those on Twitter so people can see those. <clears throat> Yeah, so is there any way uh, that you incorporate Star Wars into your holidays at all? I have, uh, like he said, I have several Star Wars ornaments, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we watch. W- where I was going with that was that we watch. It comes on TNT and TBS. So Star Wars is on in the background a lot for things that are just going on around the house at the holidays. You know, while somebody's baking or while we're putting ornaments on trees, you know, watching Star Wars. Yeah. Um, I used to like, It's it's been a few years back, but Spike would always do the Star Wars marathons around Christmas. Oh, yeah. So, like, there were several years, like, when my family went off to... James uh, Bond ones, too. Uh, they don't do that anymore. When they would go off to Midnight Mass, I would hang out at my grandmother's house and watch Star Wars. I would try to get like my um, goddaughters and stuff to watch Star Wars with me, like on Christmas Day, and they'd be like, "We don't want to watch this." No, thank you. Right? Um, <clears throat> we like I, My Little Pony. Is friendship is magic. I've definitely got some Star Wars Christmas ornaments. That's one thing my mom always gets me a Star Wars Christmas ornament every year for Christmas. So, um. It's getting to the point now where I should probably set up my own separate smaller tree just for my Star Wars ornaments. So I got, I got a lot of Star Wars socks. In the winter and Christmas time is the best time to wear those as well. Because I'm not a big sock guy in the summer or the spring. 
You for just, the fall. I, you just I like, wear sandals 98% of the time. You just like to let them little piggies go to market, huh, buddy? Yeah, man. Shoes are what's known as foot prisons, okay? Like, your feet need to be free. No, man, I keep them bitches wrapped up. Ain't nobody need to see that. It's like the hills have eyes. <clears throat> um, sometimes I look at people and I'm like, damn, I wish I could wear sandals. Them shits look comfortable. But then I got to go buy like two different size sandals. It's, it's a pain. There's really not a lot of arch support, to be honest. Well, if you're going to do a lot of walking, you should not wear sandals. Well, you know like you don't have know. to worry about me doing a lot of walking, so... <laughs> At that point, they're just pretty much... In, uh, uh, Paul's like, sandals ain't made for walking. Because <laughs> that's not what he do. Yeah, One, of what these he do. Day- <laughs> One of these days, he's gonna roll all over you. <laughs> <laughs> uh Okay, we got one more email before we wrap this up this evening. It's from our buddy Neil in Chicago. Hey, Halls and Will. I'm writing to you for two reasons. One, I was watching Solo for about the 15th time, and I caught something that I had missed previously. If you look behind the bar when Han and Chewie are meeting Lando, you can see the golden idol from Raiders of the Lost Ark on a shelf. I love the nod. Secondly, I know you've been trouble finding decent places to stay for Celebration Chicago, so I wanted to mention looking outside the city. Smaller, smub- smaller suburbs like Elmhurst and Naperville, about 20 minutes outside the city, but will end up being cheaper and have more rooms available at the various hotel. Thanks again for being the best, one of the best podcasts, Neil from Chicago. I haven't noticed the golden idol behind the bar when they meet Lando. I thought that was in, um, I know it's in the movie, but I thought it was in, Dryden Voss's office. So I guess I'm going to have to go in and check that out. Oh no, an excuse to watch a Star Wars movie for the billionth oh, time. No. What am I going to do? Just go watch Star Wars. I do spoil them, so. I do spoil myself. That's what, uh, that's what I'm be saying with that servo when I rescue that little guy. Maybe I have to take him to a servo rescue afterwards because... Oh no, good. here's the serval. Gotta get in some chicken legs. <laughs> um and, and thanks for the advice on the hotels. We were to be honest, we were hoping to stay somewhere a little closer to the convention center for celebration, just because we stayed about 15, 20 minutes away from the convention center for Orlando. And was it the end of the world? No. Was it the biggest hassle? No, but you know convenience wise it would be nicer to stay close but if the choice is between staying in a haunted ass hotel or driving 20 minutes catch me driving 20 minutes y'all oh Hawes what if you stayed in the haunted hotel and something followed you home thank you thank you I do not want that Jesse is still like I think we should stay in the haunted hotel and I'm like nah nah I don't think we should you should. You should tell me what it's all. Yeah, you should say and tell me what it's like. You say that because you're not the one that's going to get followed home by a ghost. Yeah, if it followed someone home, it'd be you, not me. <sighs> I'm just kidding. Don't, don't, don't bring a demon home. Don't tempt fate. <sighs> oh, my God. You have a heart palpitation, Jet? No, but I'm not. I'm not feeling great about it. 
I'm not feeling great about it because, you know, I find with things of that nature, right? You have people that are all about it. Like, I love scary movies. I love movies involving hauntings and ghosts, right? Yeah. Uh, I have no desire to live that experience. If you told me, hey, Halls. I can magically transfer you to the Star Wars universe and you can live in the Star Wars universe. I'm there. If you told me, hey, Halls, I can magically transfer you to the fucking uh, Conjuring universe and you're going to live in a haunted-ass house with poltergeist activity, fucking hair standing up on my arms, and I'm getting that weird feeling like something's watching me from behind. It's just an empty-ass kitchen. I'm giving myself some serious spooks here. Um, hell no, I'm not interested. Same thing goes with, um, aliens and alien abductions. I think it's fucking fascinating. I have no desire to meet an alien or be abducted by an alien. No, thank you. You're not probing me. No, sir. Well, that's terrifying. Yeah. So are ghosts. I don't know. I think I got more protection from a ghost than an alien. And then people are like, oh, I'm going to go ghost hunting. Good for you, bro. Good for you. May the light of God protect your ass. You're foolish. I'm I'm sitting here trying to pull up um, stories about this haunted ass hotel that we have booked. with. Dude, don't you have a rosary? I mean, probably somewhere. Like take, my, take one of those with you and just enjoy the show. Bruh. Bruh. I ain't looking to enjoy any show. This ain't the fucking Haunted Mansion at Disney. This is actual spooks and specters. No, thank Eddie you. Eddie Murphy ain't starring in this one, is he? Mm-mm. Well, guys, that's going to do it for us tonight. I am going to go cancel that hotel reservation behind Jesse's go. back. She's going to be all mad at me. Take a giant nervous poop and then go cancel that reservation. <laughs> oh, it burns! <laughs> it burns! Uh, um, thanks for recording with me this week. Dude, bro. thanks for recording with me. It was a fun one. Um, if you guys like our theme song, please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They are Stoned Cobra. And you can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at Stoned Cobra cobra.bandcamp.com um I think that about does it I don't think I got any oh you know while we're at it go check out our buddy Evan DeCellis's new book The Scout Beast check him out on Twitter at edecellis25 uh spoiler alert I got both of my copies in the mail today been busy with work and stuff haven't had a chance to check them out but you best believe that tomorrow morning, I'm going to have myself a tasty Mio energy, sugar-free, and enjoy The Scout Beast, written and illustrated by our good buddy Evan. Hell yeah. All right, man. Well, that's going to do it for this week, so until the next time, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Wooden. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us. <laughs> <laughs>